For those of you that have already heard the sermon, the podcast begins at about 11 minutes and 30 seconds. If you stay, if you stay, we're liable, we're liable to keep picking. So. Salisbury. That'll be the first time the cops ever show up to a church service. <laughs> <laughs> you guys keep it down. <laughs> Howdy, y'all. My name is Tiffany Keith. I'm the preaching pastor of Heartstrings, Bluegrass, Worship, and Wild Hearts. Welcome to Give God an Inch, where we open ourselves up to God's nudging. I will read one of my sermons, read, not preach, totally different things. What I write and what comes out on Sunday mornings are not the same. After I read the sermon, we are going to take a little bit of time to reflect on it, what I said, why, and maybe what hit the cutting room floor. God, you are our strength and our shield, our hearts trust in you. In you, we have found our courage. Our wild hearts dance for joy. And in our songs, we will praise you. Psalm 28, verse 7. Wild hearts, let us pray. Oh God, open us up. Open our eyes that we might see. Open our ears that we might hear. God, open open our hearts that we might feel. And then, oh God, open our hands that we might serve. I am wondering if you would be willing to help me out this week. I've been pondering and pondering, and I just can't come up with an answer. Can you help me figure it out? Here's my dilemma. Is the mark of a wild heart its scars or its light? Let me explain. It wasn't too long ago. I was just living life, minding my own business. I saw some storms gathering, but way too far away to cause me any worry. I was busy. I was rocking my world. I was not going to stop to take names or for some little storm. But it wasn't a little storm. I mean, it started slow, a raindrop here, another there. Then it wasn't slow no more. The storms of life came crashing down. Every drop felt like knives invading my world until I couldn't breathe. I couldn't move. My thoughts racing and chasing until I couldn't figure out what was first and what was last. And suddenly it was silent. Not silent. I could hear the storms raging. I could feel them rocking my world, but I was in a place so dark, so lonely, so numb, so alone. Have you ever been there? That place so numb, so alone while the storms rage, tearing apart your world. Maybe you've called it depression or COVID or grief. The ground of your being shaking and cracking, demanding you justify your reason for being for taking up space 
I was there in the deep, deep, dark, numb, alone. But then I wasn't alone. There was something there with me, a presence, a wild heart, daring to sit with me in my storm. Just being in the presence of another, it took away some of the pain, some of the loneliness. Then I felt it leaving. I reached and grasped and begged it to stay. I needed it. It turned and told me that this place was really, really hard, but I would be okay. You know what it said right before it left? It told me I would understand one day. I didn't see this wild heart drift away. It was I was too blind, way too numb. But I caught a tiny glimpse as it went. I saw the bruises and the scars. When it was gone, I saw something on the ground. It was star dust, I'm sure. Just a little glimmer, a twinkle of light. I picked it up and cried out, you dropped something. But that wild heart, it was already too far to hear my cries. You know what I did? I ran after that wild heart. I know it was the wrong choice, the wrong thing to do, but I needed more. I needed that wild heart, so I ran after it. Hard and fast. I thought if I can just catch it, then, then it'll be better. I caught a glimpse, that light, so magnified, so bright. I chased and ran. I might have manipulated a bit, tried to be in control. But shh, don't tell. It worked. I caught that heart, that light, so much light. Oh, bubblegum and beauty, perfection like I'd never seen. I was finally out of my storm, soaking in that light, but why did I still feel the rocking here, the rumbling? Why was it the harder I tried to smile the right smile and cry the right tears, the dimmer it all got? You know, I looked again at that light. I got a closer look and all its perfect beauty. It wasn't wild at all. No stardust. Just a glitter bomb hiding the truth. Light isn't the mark of a wild heart. It can't be. So then what could be? I know. It was the bruises and the scars I caught that glimpse of. That's the mark of a wild heart. So I went seeking again. I needed to find my wild heart. Seeking and searching, running and needing. I finally caught a glimpse of my wild heart. But the closer I got, the more I wasn't sure. All I felt coming from this heart was anger and resentment and judgment and loneliness. It wasn't my wild heart. But I didn't leave it. Not quite yet. I needed to sit for a few. Just be there. I sat and I cried. How could one heart hold all of this aloneness? But soon it was time for me to go. I had to keep searching, seeking. I felt that lonely heart reach out for me, begging me to stay. I said the only thing I could think of, one day you'll understand. I left my dearest treasure, that speck of light I had been holding so tight. 
seeking and searching, running and needing. I needed my wild heart, but there was nothing, not a thing. The storm was raging on and on, my whole world unstable. I was so afraid, tears ripping me apart day after day, but I couldn't find my wild heart. So I stopped right there, right where I was. I cried and cried until all I felt was alone until I wasn't alone. I felt a wild heart come close. It stayed for a while and then left again. I tried to reach out, but too late it was gone. But there where I had been was a twinkle, a light. I snatched it up and held it tight. I was alone again. It was so hard to be alone. But another wild heart came along, stayed a few. This time I knew it would go and it was okay. I smiled just a little when I saw that little speck of light it left behind. That storm, it continued to rage. The fear continued to hold me tight, but I grew to expect those wild hearts. I could feel them coming close. I could feel them gather by my side. I could feel their fear and their courage. I could feel their freedom and their commitment. I could feel their depth and their lighthearted joy. I could feel their scars and I could feel their light. Each time they would come sit with me for a while. Then at some unknown signal I never quite saw, they would go. And every time they would leave a speck of light. Each time I would grasp it up and hold it tight, one day I stood up. I don't know why. I don't know what changed. I was just ready to stand up. Okay, that's not true. I crawled, inch by inch, clawing my way out. Then I fought and fought and fought. Then I stood. It's funny, that moment I stood. I didn't realize that the storm was so raging so hard. When I paid attention, I could feel it rocking my world, tearing it apart. I could hear the destruction of what used to be. I could see the bangs, the bruises, the pain, the stars. But for some reason, I wasn't afraid. I wasn't alone. I wasn't blind or numb. I didn't know what was coming next, but I knew it would be beautiful. One day... After that storm had passed, I caught a glimpse in a mirror. What can I say? I was shocked. Looking back at me was not me. I mean, it was. But it was right there. My wild heart. I saw bruises and scars and wounds. Not sure we'll ever heal. And there was light. Little specks of light. I leaned into that mirror to look a little closer. I needed a closer look. That light, it was the thread binding my wounds, the stitches that gave me the strength to heal, the thread weaving itself through my life to show me the way, the thread that held it all together. I can see the light now when I look. I recognize it. I recognize that grace, that love, that forgiveness, the sacred. The closer I look, the less I can tell. Is it the scars or the light that marks a wild heart?
Thank you. It's a beautiful story. I, I knew <clears throat> that it was going to be a story. I mean, I had a little advanced warning of that, but uh, my initial reaction on hearing this, this final version of the story was um, just a range of emotions, right? Ur urgency, pain, brokenness, hope, uh, joy, light, uh, how, how all of it together is is the answer to your question right i mean it's it's the the question you started with and the question you implied at the end there it's it's not it's not light it's not scars it's a life of light and scars right to make you a while that was a that was that was a beautiful a beautiful story and, and a um, very emotional journey uh, to, to take along with you so Hi, I'm Kent Ingram, I'm pastor at First United Methodist Church in Colorado Springs, and I have the privilege of working alongside Reverend Tiffany Keith in this church here. <laughs> and hi, I'm Tiffany. Do you, so originally, on the original one, when you heard it, um, there were a couple issues that, that you heard in it, um, an inconsistency in symbolism. Um, and, a, and a not close enough to make it clear. Do you feel like, you know, in working on it, did, did I get there? Yeah, you did. I think, I think that introducing the idea of uh, depression, COVID, whatever, you know, the, the things that you listed there as, as sort of um, possible explanations for the feeling of that kind of pain and hurt I think was helpful it gave people some sort of a, a place to start oh, oh okay you know that that that's where that hurt comes from or, or or maybe a place for them to connect no that that's where my hurt comes from um, I think I think the image of, of what looked like light being a glitter bomb was helpful too that, that there's a lot of things that that promise light that promise hope but um, but but they're not they're 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 false and 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 shiny objects that that, that uh, and I think I think the, the introduction of the divine at the end uh, you know helped us bring, I mean what was intuitive become clear that that you know that, that it's God behind the light and God's presence in the scars as well so yeah I, I think I think this part of the story uh, was close enough. Got closer, yeah. like, and for people listening to the podcast, like they've heard the sermon, whether it have been read or preached, um, but I have not preached it yet. No, I am. I am scared. Tell me why you're scared. I. Uh, this is not. This is not normal for me. This is not a normal, this is not a, you know, three-point sermon. It's not a narrative sermon. It's not quite spoken word, but a little bit closer to that. And it's not, it's not, there, there is no, there are no paragraphs that say what I'm trying to say. Although, um, I, I do have a quote that I'll read here in a second. Um, that so 
there are quotes that I could have used for the sermon, right? Yeah. <laughs> right, I, I, and I didn't. No, you, you didn't. There are a couple of things I want to say in response to that. One is uh, to tell everybody to go back and listen to last week's sermon and podcast um, where you raised the, the, the issue of courage always being uh, a place of vulnerability. So, you know, at some point you have to listen to your own preaching. And, and not be and not be afraid to be vulnerable. And I think, you know, we, we showed on the round table, you showed a picture of your outline. Um, your outline is not paragraph. It's not Roman numerals. It's circles and arts and drawing, art and drawing. And, and um, I know you well enough to know that that's a big part of who you are, the, the little tiny clay pots you make and the the art folders and books that you make and the drawings that you do, that there's a, there's a real creative part of you that's, that's essential, that's basic to who you are. And so for you to, to, to preach a sermon that's not in paragraph form, um, while it's new and not the, not the normal way of doing it, I don't think it's, um, I don't think it's foreign to, to the basic person that you are. I think it, it's that kind of creativity that comes out of you. So, so celebrate that. I, so, but isn't that last statement part of why I'm scared is because it comes from a place of who I am. It's not foreign to me. It is vulnerable, not because it's not me, but because it is me. Mm -hmm. Well, that but that's that's the best part of who you are, right? It's not. It's 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 the authenticity. It's the honesty. If if um, if you feel like you have to hide who you are in your preaching, I don't think you'll ever be as great a preacher as you can be. I think that um, that the risk is worth it for you to let let loose some of those. You know, I, I don't. You know, I mean, obviously, you you came to faith in this church. Uh, you've listened to me preach for 13, 12, 13 years. Um, and, and you've learned a lot and taken a lot from my preaching, but you're not me. And, and um, you need to, I say need, you know, I, I think the, the best of you needs to be informing how you preach. Why, why did you decide to use this story this week? That, that's an interesting question. I'd love you to answer that. I will talk about that in a second. I, I wanted to say um, this morning when I stood up to kind of practice it the first time, it really, really was um, reminiscent of my first, of preaching my first sermon. That feeling of, I'm really scared that feeling of, I'm not really sure I can pull this off. And, and, you know, I'm about to stand in front of people and that's so, um, and I survived it the first time, <laughs> you know, so there's something in there that for me feels, um, it doesn't feel new and it's new. Like it feels like the spiral staircase, right? Like God is always calling us to that next and that's what I felt I'm kind of feeling in the in the way that I wrote this and what I'm doing um 
So as far as, okay, so why I decided the story. Um, last week, courage was, was something that um, I preached on knowing that, that any community that I was going to start, like courage needed to be part of who we were as our DNA. And the, I didn't say this in the sermon last week, but the, you know, according to Brene Brown, I didn't do any of my research of it by myself, but courage, um, cur is heart. Mm. So there's a wholeheartedness to the word courage. And then, um, in another one of her books, so in Braving the Wilderness, she um, talks about uh, strong back. So that means being strong in our, in our integrity and our convictions. Um, and she talks about soft front. So at the same time, being strong, um, being compassionate. And then in that same chapter, so the chapter is called Strong, Strong Back, Soft Front, Wild Heart. So the quote I have from there is, um, the mark of a wild heart is living out of the paradox of love in our lives. It's the ability to be tough and tender, excited and scared brave and afraid, all in the same moment. It's showing up in our vulnerability and in our courage, being both fierce and kind. A wild heart can also straddle the tension of staying awake to the struggle in the world and fighting for justice and peace while also cultivating its own moments of joy. So that's the quote that I knew the sermon was going to be born out of. And I knew that I could not, I, paradox is really hard to preach. Hmm. Yeah. And the paradox is part of our faith. Like we claim paradox, like no other, right? Like Jesus, hundred percent man, hundred percent God, you know, um, Lutherans. So I know I'm not Lutheran, but hundred percent sinner, hundred percent saint. Yeah. You know, the, the Trinity is the Trinity it, it one and many. Yeah. First will be last to be rich, be poor, you know, to, yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, I have another question. This is, this is even a more vulnerable question. So I don't know how you want to answer it, but uh, the, the depth of emotion in that story makes me want to ask you, was that story largely autobiographical? Uh, was it about you or was it sort of collections of, of pieces of your life or was it an experience of your life? Um, so another, I'm going to have a really hard time pulling it up. Um, Brene Brown tells another story. Um, and I forget the exact context of the story. I forget the story itself, but I remember the point. So she talked, I think about... It was a nurse or it was a person of color. Maybe it was a person of color that was a nurse. And, and she told this story and she said, and, and she explained that, you know, we're not all nurses. We're not all people of color. Like we can't, we didn't experience that exact story, but 
we can all understand that emotion of sadness and fear Mm -hmm. that this person went through. So in this sermon itself, it's both and it's that paradox of, uh, heck yeah, I have been there (laughs) and I've been there more than once. And I think that, that depth of, you know, the paradox of both having the storm raging and having it silent at the same time. There's something in there that's very common to who we are. So we have COVID raging, right? So, you know, sitting, you know, drinking too much, eating too much, Netflix too much, like all the things that numb and shut it down so we can have five minutes of not thinking about it. And yet at the same time, it's still raging. You know, so we can all in moments understand what it is to just shut down in the midst of really, really tough times. Yeah. You know, when I hear the story, the, the, the tendency, which I'm resisting, you know, very strongly at this point, the tendency is, is to, like preachers do with a parable, and that is explain it, or, or um, to try to, to turn it into some sort of a, of a story where each of the corresponding parts correspond to some specific event or reality or person in life. Um, and I think, I mean, I could ask you, what did this mean or what did that mean? But I think the power of the story is finding yourself in it, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's not explaining who those wild hearts were that came for a while and left. It's not explaining what that experience was that turned into a glitter bomb. Uh, you know, and, and, I, and, I, and so I, I just am confessing that there's a, there's a part of me, my, the way my brain works, that, that I, want it, I want it to be explained out, you know. And, and, it's so funny, both of those questions I can answer, <laughs> which, is, which is good and bad, right? I mean, it's good because I, it means that I was really in touch with something. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's bad because if I answer all the questions... Yeah. You know, but part of it though, I mean, I have a podcast. I, so I, I, I didn't have to answer it all in the parable or in the, in the sermon, you know, but we could ask questions here, you know, people can come and, you know, comment like at the bottom of the page and ask questions there uh, on my website. So like, um, is it really bad to have some of them answered and is it only bad if that means that you stop seeking the question? Yeah. Well, I mean, back to what you just said earlier, I think, I think you could answer the questions and people would, would understand the experience out of their own place and their own experience. But, but I also, also think that just turning it into an allegory where each of the parts have some corresponding experience in your life takes away some of the, the mystery and the largeness of it. You know, the, the inclusive way that this story brings everybody in. Um, I've never had that experience, so therefore it's not a story about me. Well, it is a story about me, even though I've not had your experience, I guess. Mm. But you can answer it if you want. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I do want to, I think it's sort of funny because one of the things I almost did in, in the 
before it was written down but so that that light <laughs> um i actually was thinking of the movie clueless so it's alicia silverstone um it came out in 1995 i mean and she is this you know rich girl that has not had any problems and is just all happy all the time and even little problems are so big and you know I, I watched her and it's just like she didn't she doesn't get what a real problem is you know and then on the other end I was thinking on the um when I run into that that heart with that's all scars and I was thinking of the movie Home Alone 2, where he's in New York and runs across this, this homeless woman who keeps everybody away from her. Um, she's hurt and broken and, and Kevin and her sit down and talk and she's like, you know, I, I fell in love once and got my heart broken. I'm never gonna do that again. Um, and some people respond to brokenness in life like that. You know, I'm never going to let anybody close again. And, you know, Kevin's response is, well, it's kind of like rollerblades. Like I put them in my closet and I never wore them, but then I outgrew them. Like mm -hmm. you have to keep showing up. There's, there's something about keeping showing up that's important. And um, so <laughs> anyway, I was kind of those two it's funny in, in the writing and thinking it through those two things were, were kind of, they never made the sermon, but they were moments that I was very emotionally aware of yeah. in the writing of it. So let, I want to just get back to Wild Heart a little bit and, and help, oh. help, me, help me figure something out here. Is, what, is the sermon an invitation to encourage people to have wild hearts or is it an invitation to have people recognize that that, that, that they can that they can be a wild heart that that, that you know is, is it an exhortation have a wild heart or is it take a look at your life and see the places where there's been light and brokenness and, and let that part free you know let, let that part go so i i'm curious how you saw the sermon in terms of creating or encouraging or inspiring wild hearts um so the important thing to note is that our tagline is bluegrass worship wild hearts mm -hmm. there is something deeply um necessary for understanding not understanding that feels like a a right answer. I mean, when we came up with the tagline, you know, bluegrass worship, wild hearts, one of your responses, it was like, what does that mean? Like, like what is a wild heart? And I think in some ways, the invitation in preaching it this way is for us as a community to really struggle with what a wild heart is. Not now, but always, <laughs> you know, I, I mean, and so it's an invitation to let's, let's, let's explore together this journey. You know, when is it that we encounter wild hearts? And part of that is because from the book, like right before that quote, um, it, you know, she, Brene Brown asks the question, like, 
like I wish somehow like we could just mark people like hey I got a wild heart you know and what is the mark of a wild heart is the question she poses which I wrestle through you know in this sermon and I don't think I want there to be a clear answer right if I wanted it to be clear here's what a wild heart is let's mark it um you take away that core invitation of a wild heart is is an exploring heart right i mean once you name it it stops being it (laughs) so so it's you're inviting people into an experience uh into a into a story to yeah to 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 look at their own life find their own yeah and 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 so much more i mean the sermon is uh, the location of the sermon is in the wilderness right Mm. maybe not actually in the like physical wilderness but in those places in life that the ground isn't that solid around you so it's an invitation when you're standing in that moment to 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 be open to the the people that show up with you and for you and acknowledging at the same time that that there's nobody that's there that will that will be the ground of your being for you because because once they're the ground of your being for you i mean that's what we're chasing right make it better for me, fix it for me. Uh, but we're only going to find our own belonging in ourselves because chasing it in somebody else, trying to get a heart to say, stay. And I, and I say it just really quickly, like my, my, how come my smile wasn't enough? How come my tears weren't enough? You know, because once we try to fit in, we lose ourselves. So you can't keep chasing it. And yet you have to keep seeking it it's this uh, you know and there's other times like at the end there's no storm because we all have times in our lives when um things are calmer things aren't so drastic you know the storms aren't taking us out and and yet in those moments we're still that wild heart that gets to be present for other people in their storms but we we can never just stay so what would you think would be the perfect response to your sermon? Oh, you know? yeah, we decided we were going to ask that question, didn't we? <laughs> um, I think if I knew this sermon worked, if, if I looked and I saw that they got it, um, Wow. Um, I think I would see, I mean, the, the broad strokes being compassion. Um, courage, curiosity. You know, and I think in a smaller way, and I, and I talked about this last week a little bit because of courage, um, I, I would see, you know, 
people did not need to cover up in glitter and fake lights, you know, to kind of see some of that, the just little moments of that falling away. I would see on the other end, people that are angry and afraid and with so many scars, um, starting to kind of, you know, let down some of that armor, you know, soften their, soften their fronts a little bit. So I would see, you know, moments where people that are, you know, chasing, right. Chasing that thing that they need. I, I need you to survive. I need you. I need you. I, I would see them slowing down their backs, you know, kind of standing in their own integrity and their own strength. And I think in little teeny tiny ways that looks like conflict being allowed to happen in the community in healthy ways. Like saying, hey, this isn't okay. Can we fix this in a way that isn't damaging on either side? Like people can hear, you know, can hear things that they need to fix without getting, you know, having their egos bruised, you know, or it would be people being strong enough to say, hey, this isn't working. And the, <laughs> um, it, it would be people reaching out that, that, that wild heart sitting next to the person by them. I mean, that's, that's, that takes courage to sit with somebody that's hurting, yeah. to reach out to somebody that you haven't connected with. One of the things I'm trying to think through is the smallest thing, not the biggest one, right? The, the, not the, wow, everybody is like doing this thing and now, now we've arrived. But the, that glimmer, right? That little tiny glimmer of, oh, we're, we're figuring it out. And I, and I think I already see so much of that. I mean, the people that are showing up are like the brave ones really willing to be in the wilderness and to try new things because, you know, because they're worshiping online and checking in or because they're, you know, sitting in a parking lot <laughs> in seriously cold weather some days. Um, so a perfect response for me I think might be on this one in particular questions, or I would love to see a response of, you know, poems or songs or, mm. you know, something that is like, oh, I got that. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, so I have a, so this is really, really ironic. Let me read the quote to you. Okay. And then I, and then I will tell you where I got it from. Shackled by a heavy burden. <laughs> neath a load of guilt and shame then the hand of jesus touched me and now i am no longer the same he touched me oh, yeah Lord, he touched me which which came up as i was preparing the sermon as i often do I was looking up the words to the hymns we will be singing this week. <laughs> um, and you pick your own hymns. I, I, I have not done that yet for Heartstrings. Um, 
so yeah I, there was something about i'm like you know this feels this feels like a good song huh yeah oh gosh yes <laughs> oh what joy that floods my soul something happened and now i know is it a gaither song i don't know it's a countywide song because we have countywide playing this sunday so yeah yeah they're gonna be good they're gonna be good um so I think we need to do this thing where you introduce yourselves. You know it's so in the hymnal, by the way. So say that again? You know it's in the hymnal. It's in the hymnal somewhere? He's I mean, it might be. They might have used the hymnal. Yeah, he touched me. Yeah, three, six. Wait, three. wait, you shouldn't have closed it. You should have just read some more words. <laughs> well, you know, in a former life, I, I've heard the Gaithers and heard them sing this song. Uh, the second stanza, since I met this blessed Savior, since he cleansed and made me whole, I will never cease to praise him. I'll shout it while eternity rolls. He touched me. Oh, he touched me. Oh, the joy that floods my soul. Something happened. And now I know. He touched me and made me whole. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Nice, huh? So, yeah. I mean, we need to introduce ourselves and I'll cut it and put it back. But I had a question for you. Two questions for you. What do you think the perfect response to the sermon would be? And what is your response to this sermon? Hmm. Well, I would like to think my response to the sermon is the perfect response to the sermon. So <laughs> one answer. Um, for me, if I did something like that, um, if somebody said to me, I found myself in the story, then I would know that the story connected. Um, you know, that, that would be, that would be the per perfect response to me is that I, that I found, I, 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 I found myself in that story. I, I, I knew, I knew who that person was that struggled and lived in storms and found pieces of light and chased litter and found freedom. Hmm. It's beautiful. So do you want to introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Kid Ingram. I'm pastor at First United Methodist Church in Colorado Springs, and I have the privilege of working alongside Reverend Tiffany Keith in this church here. <laughs> and hi, I'm Tiffany. So I think it's time we like send it back to the band. <laughs>